Hello, welcome to End Goals, an LCMS Youth Ministry podcast. I'm host Reverend Mark Kiesling, and I'm with DCE Juliana Schultz. And we are here to bring parents, church workers, and lay leaders discussions and resources to help your youth ministry meet its end goal, which is young people who are disciples of Jesus Christ for life. Today, we are talking about how to plan for returning to a new normal after the COVID-19 pandemic. Right now, we are in the midst of many stay-at-home orders and recommendations and guidelines from our uh, governments, cities, counties, uh, over a continued concern on the coronavirus pandemic. At the start of this, we did kind of a short podcast to try and encourage you in the transition um, into this time um, and away from personal meetings and in-person ministry uh, and into connecting uh, using technology. Um, And a lot of those things are still in flux. People are still using those. They're getting used to those. Um, But now we're going to try and think about what it looks like as we start to hopefully move into a transition back towards um, in-person meetings and time together. We want to take a moment to encourage you as you navigate maybe this time and as you think about what's next. We're sitting here now. It's about late April. Uh, watching the news today on a Friday that states are talking about it. Uh, we're, we've been having some interactions certainly with youth ministry folks and, and pastors and DCEs. Um, some are saying maybe in a couple of weeks could be getting back into some sort of connection. And so trying to walk through those steps faithfully um, and also being really smart about it too, as we consider that we're still really under this piece of a pandemic. So these plans again, still may change as we talk about them today. Uh, but there are definitely certainly some great lessons to take away from this experience and probably really be thinking too. I know we'll talk about it, that this might be kind of something churches just need to be ready for. We learn from it, get plans together and be prepared for maybe something like this in the future, whether it's a pandemic or other times that it just helps us think that there is a community of believers and how we support one another. Yeah, it's been amazing to see that the innovation and the nimbleness of churches as they respond you know, I speak about even just writing resources and within a few days, uh, you might write a resource and then it might be totally, uh, the recommendations might be totally different. I mean, we've had things that have um, been written and by the time there's a doctrinal review just a few days later, we, we can't do those things anymore. We can't make those recommendations anymore. It's been amazing to watch how churches have navigated this kind of uncertainty um, and I've been really excited and, and proud to see how God is working in and through a lot of leaders that way. Yeah, and I love too. I mean, it's one of those, again, blessings of social media to see so many of our churches share resources with one another too, um, help one each other out and encourage as you're talking about some of these tough issues. Uh, uh, you know, again, now it's the next phase of coming back out of it and what are churches doing under different stay-at-home orders and different county rules, different state rules. Um, and right, again, in that, trying to be faithful and be safe about it uh, but yet, knowing that urge to want to get back together in Christian community, serve our neighbors, be able to reconnect too, uh, just because we're built that way uh, by God's grace, built to connect with him, uh, but then also with one another. And so we hope that these conversations are going to just help you maybe think through some things, know that you're being prayed for, know that others are wrestling with this too, um, and continue to find that support uh, in your ministry and all the ways that you are serving God and serving others. So we came up with some key points that we think uh will be helpful for youth ministry to kind of think through as you think about how we navigate what happens next and how we hopefully go back to um, time together and ministry together, um, but perhaps in a new and different way. And the first way we thought about that was really just to continue to be attuned to members' needs. I've seen a lot of congregations that have 
listened really well, responded to the needs of their members, engaged in conversation, used social media, even surveys to try and gauge where their members are at, what the needs are in ministry, um, and how they can be supportive. So um, they've been incredibly in tune, and I've seen a lot of people high levels of communication. Um, and that may be something that we want to make sure that we're continuing to do um, as a regular practice. Uh, it's it's uh, a thing we've maybe learned, uh, but something that we can continue to offer even after this is over. Absolutely. And a part of that might be too, um, as we think about uh, maybe regular ministries that we've done and had to be adjusted maybe over this time. Uh, maybe they've been put on hold or postponed or even canceled. And so now might be a time to do some assessment. Um, what was it that people really missed during this time? What programs found a way to maybe continue through technology or because it didn't get touched by something like a pandemic? And what ministries did people express a sadness over not having and why was that? Um, and so, you know, really to be look at those things, but I'm sure Juliana, you've seen a few uh, just on social media, just connecting in your own church too, about what are some of those ministries that you saw people talking about a lot about? Yeah, I mean, certainly the, the number one thing I keep hearing is we just miss being in worship together as a community. And uh, and as you said earlier, that's how God intended for us to be, that's how God created us. And so I think that longing um, is going to continue for as long as, as we have that. And, and while I think people struggle a little bit with um, uh, with streaming or, or worship online, uh, we, people really do want to be back in person in worship. Um, and I think we'll come out of this with a new appreciation of our time uh, together on Sunday morning in worship, uh, maybe that we didn't have before. Yeah, we, we had kind of a small group of folks I was talking with, and a couple of weeks ago, just how, how fast things changed, just a couple of weeks ago, they're like, wow, it's really kind of interesting with worship online that, you know, the convenience of it and the flexibility and all that kind of stuff, like, it's really interesting to do that. And this last time we talked about it, people like, I'm ready to get back to regular worship. I need the routine. I want Christian education yeah. opportunities. My kids miss their friends. <laughs> like all these things that go into yeah. it to where um, you know, that novelty kind of wore off. And not that, again, that, that streaming and that recording stuff isn't going to be a great gift for um, other outreach opportunities in the future or when people do miss Sundays for vacation or whatever. Uh, but yet I think there's that desire to get back together face-to-face -to -face for sure. And, and not just worship, but Christian, uh, Christian worship or uh, education opportunities and others. Yeah. Uh, but also, I think there may be some things that as we, we navigate through this, we find that nobody really missed <laughs> um, or that it might be time to let some of those things go. Um, this might be a great moment to kind of call out some of those program areas that have continued, um, but maybe have, have lost their significance or their impact. Um, but that we spend a lot of time on. And so uh, if you're looking and listening and paying a lot of attention to what members are saying, um, but you're you're noticing that nobody really missed the pancake at Easter, uh, maybe we think about whether or not we have pancakes at Easter. Um, or if people did, what was it about that that they missed? Was it the time that they got together or the tradition of that? Are there things that we can reinvent to help streamline ministry and make it uh, more impactful? Fantastic. A second key point that uh, we see certainly uh, questions probably being raised or people thinking about is uh, to make plans to continue or phase out digital meetings, uh, maybe what you're doing with your worship services and Bible studies. And so to be thinking that through as we start to come out of the COVID situation. Uh, you some leaders found that by connecting through digital meetings, 
or our digital time together that they uh, were connecting with youth that they wouldn't have normally connected with uh, because they there was an ease to that. Um, and so it might be a chance uh, for young people, or if you've mentioned to say, how can we better utilize that technology? How can we use it more effectively and continue on doing that, um, giving that as a chance for teens to serve and lead, which you know we certainly saw some of that um, come out of this. Um, and so thinking about how that engagement can continue on technology, even as um, a part of an in-person ministry that we want to continue to have. Um, and then, you know, it, it, uh, we recognize that teenagers are busier and busier uh, and they're on technology more and more. Um, if we're able to step into that space um, in some way that's really effective, don't lose that as we come back out of this time. Absolutely. Another thought too about that is if you are transitioning back to in-person meetings, be clear about extending the invitation. So be thinking about, um, like I think Juliana, you mentioned before, if you've got all of a sudden people that maybe weren't highly engaged and all of a sudden this last little bit they were because technology made it possible, make sure at least that they know the invitation is there to come back to maybe an in-person meeting and so that they feel a part of that group. Uh, but then also just to be clear too, that you may have had your kind of regular people you're connecting with, if that expanded, um, that they're in your process for invitation. Talk about it um, and give chance for the young people to give feedback too about is they're wrestling maybe with what their schedules look like now, uh, the availability, uh, the comfort level maybe their parents too, be able to get them transported or whatever it might be, to let them give a chance to say, this is where I feel comfortable coming back into in-person meetings. Um, mm -hmm. You're going to have some maybe in that Gen Z group that have never really connected with the church before as a family. Um, and so you're going to have families who haven't maybe attended worship and maybe online was a new way for them to engage with the church community. And so it's a time to invite that whole family in to be a part of your fellowship of believers that you have in your congregation. So um, kind of think that through, be prepared for them, uh, welcome them as we talk about with warmth, challenge and grace. Um, and also to be able to, this might be a great time to connect with others in your congregation who went through some of the same trials um, and maybe even ongoing ones too that are happening within your community and that the church can be a place where they are fed um, and also connected into a loving uh, community as well as we uh, wrestle with this in the next steps. Yeah, it's going to be a time when we're going to have to go back and forth again on that balance technology versus in person. Yeah. And, you know, technology is great and, and can be a great opener, but it doesn't replace the time that we get to spend together. Um, and so trying to balance out how do we, what is uh, important to continue, what is important to phase out, and communicating that well. I thought that was great, right? Communicating that well to parents and, and letting them give feedback on what they feel comfortable with, especially in that initial stage as we continue to struggle with um, maybe coming back, but smaller groups and trying to, trying to keep people safe and healthy um, and balancing all of those different pieces. And then maybe think about the next piece, which is uh, continue to empower families. Um, families have had a lot of time together in the last few weeks for many of them. Um, and so parents have had weeks of time with their kid and hopefully they're coming out on the other side with uh, a deepened relationship and not a strained one or not a, a frustrated <laughs> one. Um, we'll see, depending on how that went for you. Um, but they've also had to, to find new ways to be not just a, a parent, but a teacher, uh, to be a, a faith leader, to be um, all of these different roles that parents have had to take on in the last few weeks. So sometimes better than others, and it's certainly no parent is perfect. Uh, but this is a great chance for for a ministry to come alongside parents and say, you are their primary faith leader. 
and you can do this and you've built a relationship that will feed this and um, now you've had to teach them so you understand how they learn a little bit better so how can we continue to build on the skills you've developed in this time to better empower you in ministry um, as your child's primary faith leader absolutely i think of those ongoing uh, conversations that can be happening in the home around this and around learning about each other and relationships and um, just really the growth that young people can have. Uh, one thing we've been thinking about too is um, this summer with just the changing uh, events and schedules and plans. I mean, vacations maybe have been canceled. Um, kids are gonna be looking for things to do, be active, families are as well. Um, and so maybe be thinking about ways that families uh, might be able to serve together in your local context might be looking for those projects to, as again, we're allowed to be able to do that, reach out into their neighbors, neighborhoods and reach out to your Christian community there at your church. Um, ways that they can serve together, serve their neighbors, learn from that as well in a new way, uh, just as again, schedules maybe look very different this summer than what were planned or what they normally would. And so here's a great way to again, uh, engage families and young people and to serve their neighbor um, and to continue that uh, growth in faith and also in conversations taking place in homes. Yeah. Uh, alongside that, can it be prepared to care for those who will struggle coming out of this crisis um, and struggle in a variety of ways? So um, you're going to have lots of adults that have lost their jobs or have, have companies that might be struggling. And this new way, you might have young adults and teens who are struggling to find summer jobs uh, or maybe have lost their jobs as well. Um, and that may seem uh, less important, but for many of them, they depend on that, that income to help them financially through school um, and to support themselves. So uh, certainly we're gonna have to be sensitive to some of the financial needs that are gonna be coming out of this, uh, but also some of those more abstract needs. So we have seniors who have missed out on things like senior prom or final sports seasons. Um, lots of high schoolers who have missed out on uh, sports or concerts or graduations or all of these end of the year activities that they've missed. Um, and there's a lot of uncertainty about what's going to happen next school year as well. Um, and so there's a, a level of, of mourning that has to go along with that. Um, and for teenagers, uh, it's important to help them identify uh, that, yeah, those are things we have to mourn and that might impact our feelings. It might uh, rear its, its head in a variety of different ways. And so, um, you know, your teen might suddenly be very angry or very sad <laughs> or um, or have a quick temper and you go, I, I don't understand that. I don't, you know, chalk it up to the situation. But a lot of that could just be working through that mourning process of, of the loss of those things and how we talk about how you have a God who is uh, with us and walks with us through those situations um, brings grace and, and ability to endure tough times like this. We've been thinking too a lot about our college students. Um, they've now maybe possibly been home for a few weeks unexpectedly. Um, so how did that maybe throw a wrench into the family dynamic? And so working through that for families. Uh, but now those those returning college students too uh, maybe face some uncertainties about their schooling, about summer jobs, um, and they might be looking for ways to serve as well. Um, so you got uh, young people with some more independence. Uh, who might be able to be really engaged in the service into their communities and, and given ideas to do that as, as things start to open up in another way that the church can reach out to those college students who they uh, maybe baptized and confirmed and, and walked through the high school years and now they're back home um, in, a, in a way that they were not planning to have that. So another maybe connection piece that people will be able to reach out and connect with those. Um, 
Joey Schwab did an excellent oh, article yeah. on yeah. this. So, so definitely go to the e-source to our, our COVID resources um, and check that out. I mean, I think there is something really unique about, especially for those college students who are living on campus and, and when that um, is taken away, how they might struggle. So be sure and check that out. I think that's a great way to think about how you might particularly care for college students in this time. Absolutely. Uh, another two on, on a real serious note um, that I think as congregations are going to be dealing with this, not just with young people, uh, but during this time too, some really uh, unusual experiences happen around the loss of like loved ones. And, and this is not mm -hmm. necessarily people who maybe were affected by COVID itself, but just, man, I, I think one of the hardest things I watched was, um, you know, funerals, these times for people to come together and mourn and you can't have more than 10 people and just how family members weren't able to come to come together during that time um, and to be in that community. And so certainly thankful for all the pastors and church workers who ministered to families and, and church members during that time. Uh, but yet there's still that, that need to mourn and probably come together and, and um, celebrate too the life of maybe lost uh, loved ones. Um, so you got, you got again, families and young people who uh, maybe haven't a chance to do that. Um, and so coming out of this might be a key time too that uh, churches can come together and, and grieve um, and then also certainly it'll celebrate the gift that we have in Jesus of eternal life. And so this can be a time too for churches to walk alongside young people and support them as they walk through that with family members to know that they're cared for um, and that uh, God's grace is with them in Christ um, and the hope that we have in the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah. And and along with that, we might see a delay in responding to that to a lot of these losses, both the very tangible ones in, in the mourning and losses of, of a loved one, but in the more intangible ways. Um, and so people might seem okay right now. <laughs> you might be checking in and you're like, oh, okay, everything looks all right. Um, but as we kind of come out of this season, um, and hopefully as fear and anxiety might lessen as we go back to a more normal and that normal looks very different, um, then we might see more of this pop up. So um, just because you're checking in now um, doesn't necessarily mean that, that everybody is all right. <laughs> for the long haul, uh, maybe be sure to check back in as these delayed reactions over the loss of uh, family or sports seasons or other things, all those losses um, kind of come and bubble to the surface. Uh, one thing that we really want to encourage people to do is to take a moment um, to breathe, <laughs> to, to, to be present and to assess and make future plans. I think uh, it's, I hear a lot of people in youth ministry who are running on adrenaline and work, worried about the next thing and trying to make future plans and trying to figure out solutions to problems and trying to deal with technology. Um, and those are all really valid and important things. But it is important in this time to sort of take a moment and uh, assess what's going on and to think about how we might approach the future. Um, so we pray that leaders are making wise choices right now <laughs> that, that prevent um, additional outbreak or um, and that prevents an event like this from happening again. But but we know that both of those are our possibilities. And so being able to look at, OK, what have we done so far that's been effective, that's worked, um, that's been helpful to connect people to God's word and, and, and the community of faith? Um, and then what hasn't? And how might that help us to form better future plans? Absolutely. 
and, and know too that we are praying for you as um, many of you are still kind of considering events or opportunities you have planned for this summer. Um, some of you are working through how to handle VBS or summer camps or maybe have servant events plans. Either you're hosting yourself or going to be going on those um, and kind of just working through those details. So no, we're praying for you here to support you on that too. Um, and, in, and in that, as we think about summers um, and, and talk about assessment, is, I know we mentioned this kind of under families, but um, if you did have a servant event or mission trip planned for the summer, um, it very well may have been altered or canceled uh, with what's going on. And, and I know we did a podcast a while back about LCMS servant events, and, and those individual servant events are going to be making their own decisions about canceling or altering their program, but no doubt many will be. And if you were planning to lead a group this summer or to serve, know that LCMS CERT events is for preparing materials for like Bible studies and things, and also just ideas for how uh, maybe you can serve in your local community as we're coming out of this pandemic. And again, those will probably change every week, um, but yet nonetheless, just kind of taking ideas from people about what's the safe way we can do this, how can young people be involved in this or families, and just so know we're going to be providing some ideas too. Um, and just how we continue to serve in the name of Jesus to our communities and one another. Um, just uh, continue to lift that up in front. Is this a good, is an important time for us to rally as the people of God together? Yeah. Uh, take time as, as leaders and hopefully with uh, both lay leaders and professional church workers uh, to assess um, what's been the best use of your time, what's really helped bring God's word to your young people who are in this crisis. Um, think about how you can adjust and remove things. And then if something like this happens, that you're planning things that are going to be sustainable <laughs> and reasonable for you as you move forward. I mean, I think as as we move things into this next phase, um, it, we have to really think about, I saw a lot of a blitz of a lot of things that happened right as as we went to the stay-at-home orders that kind of backed off. And I think a lot of people realized that as time expanded, um, I maybe didn't have time to do all of these pieces. Um, maybe doing a, a devotion every day was maybe not sustainable, or maybe it was because that was the one thing that we wanted to keep going that was really reaching people. So uh, as you're returning to an active office and making calls and preparing for the future, take um, a, a moment to kind of figure out what in that rhythm um, made sense. What do we want to keep? Again, what do we want to um, maybe let go of and then make those plans for the future. So if you haven't um, <laughs> haven't yet, uh, maybe uh, think about if this does happen again or if we have a secondary situation where we need to go back to a stay at home after some time uh, together, how we're going to think about that, how are we going to effectively uh, move back into that space, um, perhaps this time with a lot more learning. Absolutely. Well, we'll uh, put in the notes for the this podcast too. The LCMS has some of these resources, kind of for congregations to think through. We're in the Office of National Mission. We're planning some more too, and just kind of like some checklists and things like that, uh, just some best practices things, uh, just so that you got that as maybe a jump starter. Some things maybe you didn't think of or to consider too, just to be helpful for that. So as we, uh, I mean, again, a lot more we could probably talk about, um, and we'll be able to do I, that I in the like future. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think one of the hardest things about this is um, these are all great, but they're they're not necessarily like a, a checklist, right? I can't right. we can't just give you a standard way uh, to move out of this, and this is X, Y, and Z is how it's going to work. As we've seen over the last few weeks, every 
it seems like every community is, is having a different struggle and is, is um, navigating this in a different way or is having a different level of infection and, and have leaders responding in a different way. And so, um, gosh, we wish we could give you just like a really easy uh, 20 minutes to tell you exactly what to do and how to manage what, what's about to come. Uh, but the reality is uh, you, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> right. I was, ta I was talking with a, a pastor this morning, and I was talking about how the two counties next to each other have different policies, and so mm -hmm. there's members of his church who are saying, "Well, I'm gonna go to the county over and go to the church over there," and he's like, "You can't do it because they're not expecting having 50 extra visitors show up. They can only have 50 people." Right. <laughs> so, yeah. so like even to these things to say, like just you know, everyone kind of take it slow, take it slow, take a deep breath, um, and uh, show a lot of grace to each other and. God's with us in all of this, but to be really listening well to what's going on. So yeah, those interesting things are certainly hard for us to give a prescribed checklist across the top for everybody, but at least want to give you some things to think about and know that you're being prayed for and, and we're here to support you in that way. Right. And to recognize that that every individual has their own limits, right? You you do what you do and you care for God's people and you give them God's word and you support them the way that you can. Um, that's your vocation uh, that God's called you to in your family and in your in your youth ministry and in your church uh, in your community. But uh, but God's not calling you to to <laughs> to do more than that, right? Um, you don't need to be exhausting yourself or uh, or thinking that there's constantly something more that you can do. I mean, I see so many um, amazing, passionate youth leaders who are trying so hard to get as much in as they possibly can, and you're going you know what, God is going to work in and through whatever it is that you choose to do. Um, and what you're doing is enough. God's going to use it. Uh, and so to be sure to take care of yourself as well through all of that, not be um, thinking that you're going to have to save this or save your ministry. But in fact, God's going to work in and through all of your efforts and in your vocation in that way. Amen. A couple of closing challenges, things for you to uh, to think about. Uh, the first one would be what went well for you in your ministry during this time? What might clue you in uh, to adjustments or future youth ministry that might incorporate those things? So uh, if you found really great success in using a text messaging app or in using Zoom or looking at alternate hours for youth ministry, um, using technology, that kind of thing, think about how you might incorporate that into the future. Another question is, how are you empowering families to build their teens into resilient disciples? And how can you continue to encourage parents who are stressed out by everything happening? Oh, so many stressed out parents. They are all stressed out. Uh, and then how can you continue to be attuned to your teens and their family? How can you best listen and respond to what they need as we move out of this time and into what's next? Um, so just how are you checking in and getting that gauge and continuing to keep that connection that you've built, that relationship that you've built um, as you move into the future. Uh, we're going to continue to keep you in our prayers as, as you continue to care for young people through this unprecedented time. And, uh, and we pray that you are well and that God works through whatever you do to care for young people in your church, their families, and their community. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and give us a positive review. It certainly helps other people find us as well. NGOL's podcast is a production of LCMS Youth Ministry and KFUO Radio. To find out more about LCMS Youth Ministry or to find links to resources mentioned, go to kfuo.org slash youth ministry. Thank you for listening and caring for the young people of our church.